we thank you for joining us this morning. Amen. I know one thing. It is cold in Denver. Amen. <laughs> Ooh, I woke up at 5 o'clock and it said 12 degrees. I threw the covers back over my head and just said, let me just take another minute here. <laughs> yes, but we are grateful to God. Amen that he has saw all of us here safely. And for those who are just watching online, for those who might be out of town and join family during this vacation, uh, during this holiday, you may be on vacation. We just thank you, amen. I thank each and every one of you for being here. I thank you for just being a part of my family, amen. God is good, God is good, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, this morning, we are not going to be long before you, amen, but we want to thank each and every one of you for coming out. If we have any visitors in the house, we thank you for coming. We have Minister, or Reverend Martha Daniels and her husband Daniel here this morning all the way from California, amen. We surely thank them for coming. Such a sweet, sweet friend. Uh, her and Brenda uh, are partners in crime and in business, amen. <laughs> they are holding it down uh, with IMRI, uh, a black woman, a woman black owned business that's uh, doing cybersecurity and other, other great things. So we just applaud them for what they're doing. And we just thank you all for coming down to our neck of the woods. Sorry it was so cold. <laughs> Uh, but I've had a chance and opportunity to visit them at their home in uh, the San Diego area and it's just beautiful and just to see all the things that God is doing through them. Uh, they are members of CORE uh, and uh, had the opportunity to visit their church. Just, just good people, amen. It's good to know good people, amen, and connect yourself with good people. But how's everyone doing this morning? Amen. We are blessed. Hallelujah. Even in the cold, we are blessed. Amen. Want y'all to be safe out there. Winter's coming. Winter is coming. Amen. <laughs> yeah, he here. <laughs> he, did a, he did a little early cameo for us. <laughs> but uh, praise God. I'm just excited this morning for all that God is doing. And just grateful, you know, as we go through this, the, as we approach these holidays, you know, it can get tough. And the enemy tried to jump on my back uh, this week with just memories of, you know, the losses and, and, you know, how you miss your family, how you miss your loved ones that may have passed on or you're disconnected with and I was just like you know I said oh we could go there oh I could go there if you want me to I could go there but then I just began to say God I thank you for their lives I thank you for the fact that I had I had opportunity to know in fullness you know my mother and my father and he just kept reminding me of my father's uh, suicide and I was getting depressed and thinking about you know what happened with that and my mother's death and then my husband's death and other deaths and other pains and hurts that had caused me that you know have come to my to my mind especially during the holidays and then I just said you know what they are dead it's a fact <laughs> and they've been dead for a minute that's a fact but yet I'm gonna praise you God I'm gonna praise you and I had to pull myself up out of that and so for us for all of us who are going through you know the holidays they're wonderful but they can be painful at the same time but let's just choose to give God praise through them amen let's choose to be thankful let's choose uh, to thank God for the time that we had because all of us are appointed a day a time and an hour that we will 
leave this earth. And when we leave this earth, we are going to be with the Father. That's what's so exciting about it is that I could have just jumped on the bandwagon and been in woe is me. But then I begin to think, man, they celebrate Thanksgiving every day. There's always a banquet feast, amen, that they enjoy the presence of the Almighty God. And that's what we want to do right here on earth is being able to, to imitate heaven on earth and just know that God has got everything in control. So amen this morning. Even if you're not feeling it, just know he's got everything in control. He is the God of all, all gods, amen. He's ruler and king. He is, he is the ultimate, amen, the ultimate one, and he loves each and every one of us. Let us just pray before we go into the word of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We bless your holy, majestic name, God. Father, we just stand in awe of you this morning, for you are the almighty God, you are the ruler, you are the king God, and Father, we just bless your name. Father, as we begin to just walk into this season, Father God, of remembrance, Father God, of celebrations, God, we just lay it at your feet and we thank you. Father God, let us be witnesses. Let us be witnesses to your birth, Father God. Let us be witnesses to your salvation, God. We are so grateful and thankful this morning, Lord, and I ask that the word, Father God, uh, comes forth with might and power, Lord. Father God, I remove myself out of this, and I just ask that you would speak through me, Lord, for you are calling your people to a higher standard, God. You are calling us back to the principles that are laid out in your word, and it simply says, if you keep my principles, I will bless you. If you walk in obedience, I will bless you. So, Father God, as we adjust and we learn, Father God, of your ways, we surrender our hearts to you. And we ask that you keep us, Father God, on the right track and that we help each other along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, this it's not a Thanksgiving message, amen? <laughs> the Lord has just, just been, been um, you know, just staying in the realm, uh, the place where God has us. Uh, we've been talking about transforming debt into wealth, amen? And I thought, well, it's Thanksgiving. Maybe I should, you know, look for, um, you know, look to speak a word of Thanksgiving. And the Lord said, no. No, no, you can stay right where you're at. <laughs> stay right where you're at because in this word is, is thanksgiving. In, in, in his word, the word today, uh, there's a form of thanksgiving that we need to be aware of and that we need to realize. So, you know, we have been talking about transforming debt into wealth. We have been talking about our resources. We've been talking about the provisions that God has given us and how we should use those provisions to bless God. Everything on earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, amen? And all the faith that dwell in it, everything you see, everything you hear about, it's the Lord's. And we as a ministry, as a church, as a people of God, have got to realize that we own absolutely nothing. That the eyes that we are looking at, <laughs> that focus and see, those are God's eyes. The spit that wets our throats and keeps our mouths moist, that belongs to God. Everything 
we have, the activities of our limbs, amen, the hearing of our ears, our physical bodies, our homes, our cars, our jobs, there's nothing on this earth that does not belong to God. And we have got to realize that we are just the keepers of what God has created, amen? That he loves us so much that he created us to keep his earth, to keep this earth in, in going, amen? To take charge of it, to, to, to conquer it, to have dominion over it. And, and when we do that, we, re, we receive blessings from God, amen? How many of us have been blessed from God? We receive blessings from God when we work the, when we work the soil, when we till the soil, we receive a blessing from God. So this morning, I want to talk to you uh, about putting God to the test. Amen. We're coming out of that most famous scripture in Malachi 3, <clears throat> 6, and 12, because a lot of us don't understand this, the totality of what this word is saying, what this passage of scripture is saying. And God is saying, test me, put me to the test. If you're not experiencing an abundant life, if you're not experiencing a life of blessings, then something is off. And I can tell you that that off is not God, that off is you. It's the place and position that you have settled in. See, we can make money, it's not that hard. We can get jobs, we can make money, we can buy cars, we can buy homes, we can achieve a lot of things because God gave us the talent, God gave us the knowledge and the wisdom to go out and produce fruit and do um, all that we need to do. But in our producing of fruit, sometimes we get selfish with it and we feel like, you know, I did this. I accomplished this. I'm the one that went out and went to college and I got this degree. And we get into this me, 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 I, I, I attitude. And that is not pleasing to the Lord. God is, he is proud of what you've done, but it really wasn't you. <laughs> it was the ability that he gave you to do it. And so in Malachi, we're going to talk about robbing God. Amen. That's what the scripture is about, robbing God. But before I go to Malachi, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, I believe that it is just so parallel to uh, the scripture in Malachi. Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we are not going to read the entire passage or the entire chapter. It's 68 verses. When you get home, uh, you can do that. But um, in this passage of scripture, um, it's the the Israelites have, have crossed into the promised land, amen? And they've crossed into the promises of God and God just wanted to remind them of all that he had done for them and renew the covenant of God, renew the covenant. Now we know that it took them 40 years, so it took them a minute to get to the, to the promised land. And along the way they made mistake after mistakes after mistakes, golden calves, fighting, warring against each other, divisions, all kinds of things were happening as they were crossing over into the promised land. It's funny that when God says, they, you know, when God says, I'm going to free you and I'm going to bless you, that we, you know, instead of just walking into that blessing, we just have to take the long road. And they took a very long road to get to the promised land, but now that they were there, God wanted to renew his covenant with them, uh, the Mosaic covenant, and remind them 
that you have stepped over, you have crossed over into the promised land, and this is what I have prepared for you. So in <clears throat> verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 1, it says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So what he is telling the Israelites is that I have chosen you. You are my blessed people. I called you by name. I want to bless you. Now I want to, to just exceedingly and abundantly give you all that you have. You've been in slavery all these years, and now here it is. It's time for you to walk into your blessings. But it's going to count one thing. It's going to cost you one thing. And that is obedience, amen? And y'all know I will harp on that word, obedience. He says, be obedient, amen? If you walk in obedience, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and it is for you. You will reap everything from the earth. You will reap all that I have for you. It goes on to say, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Everything you touch will be blessed. But... It's only going to come through obedience. And so we have an obedience blessing relationship. God is talking about uh, telling the people of Israel, I got you. I got your back. I just need you to be obedient in all I have. In your obedience, I will give you the provision and I will protect you from the enemy. I will protect you because you are my people and I've made a covenant relationship with you. See, the obedient blessing relationship is that if we continue to adjust to God, God will continue to bless us. God will show his favor among us. Now, he wasn't expecting them to just, you know, to be perfect. But God says, as you walk this out and you know when you've messed up or when you've made an error, if you will repent of that error and you will align, in, align back, whether it's an apology, whatever, whatever you've done, if you correct that wrong, you stay back, you fall back into, a, into a obedience. And God's unmeasurable love will continue to flow through you. You will live under the favor of God. There will be blessings in your finances. Amen? Blessings on your job, blessings in your home, blessings with your children, that it will just continue to just roll out. The love of God will continue to be to roll out over you, that you will have favor for generations and generations to come. And that's what God has for us. Amen. God says, I love these people and I want them to be faithful to me. And if they're faithful and obedient, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour them out a blessing that they have no room to receive. So as it goes on to lose, uh, to, to talk about the blessings that are coming forth, when you get down to chapter 15, the subject matter changes. <laughs> and so in chapter 15, it talks about the results of disobedience. And the results of disobedience in chapter 15, in verse 15 says, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. 
Cursed will you be in the city. Cursed will you be in the field. Cursed shall be your <clears throat> baskets and your kneading bowls. In other words, if you do not obey me, you are bringing down curses upon yourself. God says that he wants us to live in the obedience relationship. He wants us to, to, be, to live an obedient relationship, not a, a disobedience relationship. See, disobedience brings curses. It, 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 you know, you think you got away with it, but God saw it, amen? And, you, you know, you're just chilling like, okay, well, ain't nothing happened. Let me try that again. But God sees it, and God knows it, and he knows our hearts. So the disobedience curse arrangement is the consequences that we suffer from when we disobey God. This um, arrangement, whenever I, whenever I stray from God, I find myself in a position outside of his favor, outside of his presence, and living outside living outside the realm of my, my obedience lifestyle. And it sets me up to experience things that I don't want to experience, things in my finances, things in my, on my job, things in my home. When we step out of the realm of God, the enemy steps in and he begins to wreak havoc. And God is saying that I want to protect you. I'm here to protect you. So it would behoove us, amen, to live a life of obedience, to stay, <clears throat> excuse me, under the realm of the, the blessing, amen, to stay under the, the realm of the obedience blessing relationship because that's where God is at. That's where God dwells. That's where God lives. And that's where he invites us to, to just simply be obedient to him. And so let's now look over at, um, switch over to Malachi. If I can get there. Hold on just a second here. Okay. Amen. Now let's look at this and, and, and talk about uh, what the prophet Malachi is talking about. In verse, uh, Malachi 3, verses 6. Here we are, these Israelites, Amen. All you got to do is turn on your TV and see what's going on. Disobedience wreaks havoc. I was watching um, the news. I was watching CNN, and I began to just weep over the tragedy that Israel is going through right now. And I was saying, God, these are, this is your nation. This is your, these are the people that you called. These are the people that you chose. And God just said, disobedience disobedience and and to see the loss of lives to see the genocide to see the rapes to see the hostages all these things that are going on God is telling us I'm not playing with you and all that that is happening in Israel is also happening in our lives maybe not on that extreme at that extreme, but we are we we too can feel some of the things we've done because of the because of our disobedience to God, what it wreaks havoc, how it wreaks havoc. And so here we are in Malachi, and uh, the prophet uh, Malachi is urging the people to come back to God, to return to God. You can go from, from just about Genesis all the way down and you see uh, these prophets coming and they're talking to people and they're telling and exhorting people to return to God, return to the, the, obedience, the obedient, blessed relationship that God created you for. 
Return to God, and God will take care of you. God will protect you. And so in Malachi chapter 6, it says, <clears throat> I mean, sorry, Malachi chapter 3, starting at verse 6, it says, For the Lord, for I, the Lord God, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. For the days of your father you have turned aside from my statues and have, and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? God, how, how do we return to you, Lord? I, I want to do right. How do I return to you? And he says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and your contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe. How much, how much of the tithe you should bring? Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If, you will not, if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour, you down, and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. These are the promises that God has given us. These are the promises of living a obedient life. See, Israel strayed away from God once again, just like they've strayed away in today. It was a continual uh, 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 cycle with them that they would, you know, they're just a rich nation and have so much and people can get so caught up in what they've achieved that they forget about God. But Israel had strayed from God and positioned themselves um, to suffer those consequences. They, they, were, they were called to be obedient and be blessed and have a strong relationship with God. But because of disobedience, they found themselves under the curse of God. And a lot of people think, you know, does God, does, does God allow uh, pain and suffering to come to people? Yes, when you are disobedient, the scripture says, stay obedient, stay, stay, in this side, stay on this side of the fence. When you cross over, you've, you've moved yourself, you've removed yourself from my, my presence, you've removed yourself from my protection. Yes, I have the power to bring you out, but the ability is, is, is your heart positioned to stay in an obedient relationship with me? Are you, is something on the other side of the fence so tantalizing that you have to go over and taste and see for yourself? You know, we, he, we hear this little phrase, the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. It truly isn't. For those of us who have crossed over on the other side of the fence and found out, you know what? Yeah, that was fun for a moment, but I need to return back to God. I need to return to what God has called me to do, to be, and become. Because you can get on the other side of the fence, and it might be, you know, things might look okay. But just, just give it time. Give it time, and you will just begin to see how uh, diso disobedient you are being and how the wrath of God is chasing you down. So this is what was um, happening in the, in the land. They were experiencing a famine. They were, their crops were not producing, their vines were, um, 
were not, they were pr prematurely uh, producing the grapes that were sour and not ready. Uh, the house of God was not being provided for. Uh, the Levites and the priests were suffering in ministry because there was no resources in the house of God. There was no provision for them to run ministry as they needed to. And all of this was attributed to the fact that the people of God were just not uh, it, walking in obedience to what God has had for them. So the Israelites were essentially stealing from God. Now we talked about this over the last couple of weeks that they were taking God's resources. We talked about that uh, when we reviewed uh, the prodigal son, how he, he took from his father the resources and he went out and he squandered it. He took what, what, what the, the Lord had stored up for him, what his father had stored up for him. He took his inheritance and he squandered it. And then we saw with the uh, lazy servant how he took his, his uh, when the master went on a trip and he gave them all a talent and the, the lazy servant took his talent and hid it in the ground uh, where the other two invested it and made a profit for the uh, for the master, but he took his and he hid it in the ground in hopes that maybe the master won't return. Maybe, you know, he's been gone a while. Maybe he won't return it. And then all I have to do is just go and dig this talent up. I don't want to be accountable and take it to the bank and say, this is my master's money because that's going to attach his name to it. And that will keep uh, the profit would go to him, would legally go to him, but I'm going to hide it and I'm going to, to put it away. You know, it's funny when I was thinking about that story, I was like, you know, we do that all the time. We dig holes all the time. Black Friday was yesterday and I know some of y'all dug some holes yesterday. I know that, you know, people got online or people went out in that cold, frigid air to the mall because 50 to 70% off. And the enemy just kept sending you notifications on your phone, 50 to 70% off at your favorite store. You can get that Gucci bag for 50% off. You know you've been wanting that bag, and it's 50% less. And so, you know, we said, to, and, and some of us, and if you're guilty, just say amen. You just thought, you know, I really want that. I want to treat myself, or I want to get that for my loved one. I want to do some Christmas shopping. So I'm going to take the resources from my paycheck. Sunday ain't here, but I'm going to take the resources, although I could go online and pay my tithes before I spend this money, but I'm going to take the resources, and I'm going to buy what I want. I'm going to get what I want. In other words, you're digging a hole for yourself, because especially when you put it on a credit card, because you still don't own it when you put it on a credit card. Amen. All you've done is made an extra debt. You've, you've, you've charged it to that charge card. That charge card is the signed agreement that you signed saying that I owe you. And if I don't pay, they're going to charge you a late fee. They're going to charge you interest and you end up paying more for it. And God is saying that I want you to live a life to where you don't have to use a creditor to buy something. Or if you do, you pay it right off because you have the savings account. You have the money to, to stay in obedience to God and say, I'm going to purchase this and I'm going to pay it off before the bill comes, before I gain interest on it. But a lot of us, we dig these holes that we get into and we can't get out of it. And so God is telling us that he wants us to live in the obedient, in a, an obedient posture in life that we can have what we want. 
We can have our favorite designer purse. We can have those things. There's nothing wrong with that. But God is saying there's a way to go about it. There's a way to attain it, and that's by living in an obedient relationship with God. And so this is what was going on um, just like it is today, just like it is with us. We are the Israelites. We are descendants. Amen. And we see the generational curses that, that, you know, we've picked up those habits. But God says that there is a solution to all of this. God is telling us that there's a solution in, in uh, verse 7, it's 7b, it says, return to me and return to me excuse me, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. God is admonishing us to return back into the, his protection, back to the protection of the obedience, blessings, relationships. See, the Israelites were created to just, the Israelites were created um, and they were called by God to be a nation of godly people. And God was t admonishing them and telling them to come back to readjust your lives, just as, just as Moses was speaking to the Israelites when they crossed into the promised land, he was saying, now let us, let us again commit to the Lord. This morning, let us commit to the Savior, amen? Let us be obedient to what God is calling us to do, to become. And this was um, accompanied by simply bringing our tithes to the storehouse, amen? When we bring our tithes to the storehouse, provision is provided. Provision is provided to the ministry. Provision is provided for God's work to be, to be done. Ministry could continue, um, and those, the Levites and the priests, would now be provided for as well as the people of God. God has just been so such a blessing to restoration. You know, we have been through a lot, uh, but God still provides for us. And even though we are lower in numbers, even though we've, we've gone through a lot, God's provision is still here in the house. But God is telling us, return fully to what I've called you to be. See, God has proven it. God has proven himself outside of the house in our outreach ministries. God has just... This, these recent grants that were granted, they were granted by the favor of God because God has called us to be, to be able to minister to our, our um, homeless community, to be ministered, to minister to those downcast. And God says, I will provide for you. You want to build homes? You want to do this? You want to do big things? I will provide for you because you've been obedient in that. But God is calling for the inside of the house, amen, to reflect the same as the outside. See, God is using our government, using our corporations to bless us. Now, how can we as a people of God come into the house and not do the same for God? See, when we give of our tithes and offerings, we ought to be in competition with these grants, amen? Like, oh, y'all going to drop $77 million? Let me show you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give the full tithe. I'm going to give my whole tithe. And when we all get that mindset that I want to prove to the community that we are just as blessed as they are and that we are able to give out of our abundance, that we are able to be obedient and giving our 10%. God is merely asking for a dime. People, 10 cents 
on the dollar, 10 cents. You spend your tithe at Starbucks. I mean, you just think for those who are addicted to Starbucks, as my, my husband was, I mean, I would just look at the bank account and like, this don't make no sense. Coffee is just not, it's just not that serious. But we, we spend our money frivolously on things we want without thinking, you know, I could pull back and I could give this money to the church. I can give this money to the missions. I can give this money to, 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 uh, uh, to wherever, to some company, to some organization that could really use it. Let me quit just satisfying my flesh and let me pour this money into the house of God. Let me pour this money into the things that God is doing. And God is calling his church to align right now. You know, and I just hear the word of the Lord saying that he is preparing us. Amen. He is preparing us and trying to get us ready for what he is about to do. God is about to show us who he really is in all of his might and all of his glory. And we are the vessels of God that he wants to use. But God cannot use us if we are not obedient. I mean, it is just that simple that God wants to pour into us and bless us and use us as examples of what we can do individually and as a community and as a family of God. God is saying that I want you to prepare yourselves, amen? I want you to be obedient. I want you to, to understand how important it is for you to be obedient to my commandments because once, you, once we get it, then the blessings of God and the favor of God just begin to just pour over us and we become uh, a place where people will look and say, what are they doing? It's not that many of them. How are they, how are they functioning and flowing in such a power and such authority? It's because of our obedience to God. Amen. Don't you want to be obedient? Don't you want to feel the blessings of God? Don't you want the windows of heaven to open up over your life? It's simple. It's simple. It's 10 cents on the dollar. 10 cents on the dollar. So the, um, in Malachi, he's encouraging them to, to bring the tithe to the, the storehouse. How do we return to God? How do we, how do we return to God? Let's just jump back up to verse 6. Um, so the solution is to return to God those things that are holy to God. And God says that the tenth is holy. The tenth is what I'm calling for. I could call for it all. And rightly so, he can ask for it all. But he says, 10 cents keeps you in the obedience relationship. The obedient, blessed relationship. A dime, 10 cents, will keep you in the obedient relationship. See, if I, God says, you know, y'all think I'm playing? Try, try me. Try me. He tells, return to me. Test me. And believe it or not, God is passing and will continue to pass the test. God is saying, test me. So he's, 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 take, he's calling the challenge to us. And he says, I'm going to pass the test because I'm immutable, because I'm God. He says, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to test me and see if I will not do what I've said I was going to do. So if we put God to the test and believe it <clears throat> and believe in him, God is going to bless us. In verse 6, we see where it's where it is just explained how God is immutable. His nature simply states that God does not change. He's like from the from the beginning of time when I created you and I set 
I set in place what I had for you, the, the principles that I need you to follow. I'm not changing. God never changes. But we, as Christians, oh my goodness. Oh, I mean, we waver back and forth. You know, should I do this or should I do that? Did I really hear God's voice? Does he really want me to give 10%? Oh, they doing fine. They got the lights on. They doing this. They doing that. They doing outreach. They good. They don't need my 10%. They, you know, I'm just going to just, you know, I'm just going to give an offering. I'm not, I just, I just can't commit to the 10th, Lord. I mean, you know, when I add it up, uh, that could be quite a bit of money over a period of time. And God is saying, just put me to the test. Put me to the test, because if you just go through your bank register, you will see that you have spent a tenth on other things that are, 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 that are needless um, in your life, other things that please you. But God is asking for the tenth, because God wants to show his immutable, immutable love, his unchanging love towards us, and, and just pour out his favor amongst us. See, he doesn't treat one set of people uh, different than he does the other. God treats us all the same. So whether your tenth is $20 uh, a week, or whether your tenth is $200 a week, God says it all, it's all the same in my eyesight, because it's not the amount of money that God is looking at, but he's looking at the posture of your heart. Will you be obedient in giving him the $20? Will you be obedient in giving him that $200 or that $2,000 on whether whatever scale that, you know, you, you, whatever achievements you have made to position you to give to God, God is saying, just trust me in it. Trust me in it. And I'm not treating you any differently. But what I will do is open up a window. Amen. I'll open up a window. So God is a covenant keeping God. And when he establishes his covenant with his people, he keeps his covenant to his people. God has never, you know, you read the scripture and say, oh, God said uh, that was a mistake and he's going to change that. No, you don't see that. God's covenant is God's covenant. God's word is God's word. And God, God, God is not going to adjust to us. He's not going to, you know, just say, okay, you know, I see you've been struggling. I've seen, you know, you're hurting in this area. So I'm adjusting. I'm going to make some, some provisions. And that God said, no, I've already told you what you need to do. I'm not going to adjust to you. God wants us to adjust to him. And then when we adjust to him, that's where our blessings come from. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, it's going to happen like that. It could happen like that. God could, you could adjust to God and, and the blessings of God might just start overtaking and overflowing you. But our obedience to God, our commitment to God, the time that we spend to God, spend with God is important to him. And so don't just look at the tithe as money. Look at the tithe as he just says, the whole tithe. So if God owns everything, God owns your time, Amen. 24 hours in a day. So that would be two hours and 40 minutes, you know, if you want to get technical with it. It's just like, God, let me spend time with you. Let me give you a tenth of my day to get into your word. Amen. To get in, to, to worship you, to stay in tune with you, Father God. 
so that I can receive what you would have me to have me to receive. The scripture says to pray without ceasing. You never know what's coming around the corner. You never know what's coming down the street when you're driving. You never know what what uh, the what the enemy or what circumstances are coming towards you. But when you are giving God that time and allowing your your heart to be in a state of of obedience and communion with God, His favor is following you. And you never know what favor will deliver to you, amen? You will never know the number of accidents or, or, or job losses or catastrophes that God has kept from you because you've been obedient to him. So God is calling for us to be obedient and to adjust to him so that we don't have to uh, suffer the adverse consequences when we don't adjust to him. So... Uh, in verse, the end of verse 7 and, and beginning of verse 8, um, verse eight it's the concern here. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And he says, in your tithes and your contributions. So by returning the tithe and the offerings to God, it puts us back into the blessed uh, blessed. Uh, obedient uh, arrangement, the blessed arrangement with God. So when we mention the tithe and offering as the first way of returning to God, the tithe is a tenth, I've already stated that, that is a tenth of one's income. And it's an acknowledgement that, God, I really do love you. I really thank you. Uh, we're acknowledging that God is first in our lives and that we care about him and we want to honor him by giving and being obedient. And not only does it uh, honor God, but it strengthens our faith. Amen? It strengthens our faith in the fact that we are taking a portion of our resources that the Lord has given us, the, the, the sustenance that the Lord has given us, and we're returning it back to the house of God so that there will be provision for the house of God, so that the house of God isn't struggling, so that the house of God is functioning how God has called it to be. And so by giving of our tithes and, and, and offering, we are saying, God, I love you, and I put you first. When we don't do that, we're simply saying, God, you're, just, you're not first in my life. And that might be a harsh reality for some, but it really, it really is the fact that God is not first. When we do not give of our, our tenth, when we do not give of the tenth back to God like he has commanded us, then it's saying something to us. It clearly is saying, God, you're not first. And that might sting a little bit, but it's the truth. That if you want God, to, uh, if you want the blessings of God, you've got to position him in the first position. So by bringing the tithes and the offerings to God, um, the Israel, by not bringing them, the Israelites were, you know, just pretty much saying, you know what, God, thank you. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the vision. Man, did I have a beautiful crop this season. Thank you for that. But um, I'm going to do me with this. I'm going to do me. Um, I'm going to do me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to buy. I've made so much money off the sale of the produce of my land. I'm going to go buy some more land. And I'm going to, to increase, my, uh, increase my crop. And, you know, I'll be a multimillionaire by the time this is all over with the way things are going. And people were being selfish just like us, being selfish about things. Uh, but God was saying, that is disobedience. Yes, I, I, I see that your crops that brought forth a full, a full blessing, a full of provision. 
I'm asking for a tenth. And when we give him the tenth simply, God is going to continue to bless us. So you might not only be able to be a plot, buy a plot of land, you might be able to buy two plots of land. You might be able to increase your business. You might be able to start a business. But it all depends on where your heart is postured. Are you ready to give God all that he has asked for? Are you? You know, just ask yourself, am I really wanting to do all that I hear God saying to me, all the promises, the dreams, the reoccurring dreams that I keep having? God, why hasn't it come into fruition? Because God is saying you haven't been obedient in what he has called you to do. So obedience brings a sacrifice, amen? That 10% does add up once, you know, for once it will add up, but it is such a blessing to give it back to God. See, when we commit to God, God is, is ready to commit to us. He's already, he has never not committed to us, but he's ready to give us all that we need to sustain. So when everyone does not bring their tithes and offerings, they're just essentially saying, you know what, God? I got this. I can handle this. Let me go ahead and live my life. And I'm going to bring you a tithe every now and then, you know, or I'm going to bring an offering to you. So I am being somewhat obedient. But God says bring the whole tithe. Be fully invested in what I have because what it will do will be a blessing to you. So verse 9, it says, You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me of the whole tithe and if you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. So God is saying that the result of not bringing the tithes and offering into the storehouse is that we are under a curse. You might ask, what curse? <laughs> it's that disobedience curse arrangement. When we, <clears throat> when we are out there suffering the consequences of disobedience, everything in our life starts to go downhill. You might have experienced this. I experienced this in my younger days. Credit card debt, my goodness. Uh, this going out, that going out, you know, things breaking down. It just seems like, you know, every time I would get a raise, something else would come up. And every time I start my savings account, I'd have to pull it out because something else was, was popping up. And I was just like, why can't I get ahead? And it's simply because I was working and functioning under the disobedience arrangement, the disobedience blessing relationship. God was like, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, at the back of your list of things to do. I want to be first. And so when we give of our first, it blesses the whole nation. That money does not just bless this house. That money goes out into the, our community. We can see it when we walk out the door, what the giving of our tithes and our offerings has done and blessed our city to where our city recognizes that restoration loves God. Restoration loves its community. Restoration loves its people. And it is your tithes and offerings that are doing that. But we can do bigger and we can do better things, amen? God is aligning us us to just to blow us up amen to blow us up in him to do the things that a lot of churches and a lot of philanthropies and and companies want to do but they don't understand the principle of it we don't have 77 million dollars 
Well, we do now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But God wants the inside of the church to function and flow just as, as our, our outreach is. RCM is just off the chain doing things for God. RCF, we got to line up and be obedient. We got to line up and pay our tithes and pay our offerings and be a blessing to the house of God because God says that it will bless the whole nation of you, that we will not have lack in the house. House. Amen. When someone is in need of maybe their rent being paid, if someone is in need of, of a car repair, if someone is in need of something, that the solution should be in the house. The solution is there, that we have gifted men and women of God that can repair things. We have resources, amen, that we can help some with their rent or help them with their groceries. And it's hard to get a call and the money is not there. You, I just feel kind of, you know, well, Lord, I got to, you know, these people are calling. They're members of this church. Let me figure out how we're going to do this. God is like, you should never have to figure it out because the resources are there. In Acts, in Acts chapter 2 where it talks about, uh, when they brought all of their goods to the church. Everyone had everything in common. God is saying, I want everyone to have everything in common. It's an even playing field, amen? God wants to create a place of worship, a place where people can come in and just feel the presence of God. And it's not that everyone's coming in with a handout, but people are coming in and they're experiencing people who love God. People who love them just where they are. People that will accept them in their mess because we were once messes. And God is saying that I just want to bless you all in so many ways. And he's calling his church to align to what he is, what he is calling us to do. So in chapter 10, it says, how much of the tithe were they supposed to bring? And he says, bring the full tithe to the storehouse. The whole tithe, amen? A lot of us, a lot of, 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 of uh, preachers and pastors says, well, you know, just start out right here. You know, just start out at 5%, start out at 2%, start out where you can. The scripture says, bring the whole tithe. Bring the whole dime. Don't bring the nickel. God wants the whole dime. Bring, bring the 10%. Bring it. And he says, test me. Test me in this. And thereby, it says, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down you a blessing until there is no more need. Man, I want to get to the point of no more need. Amen. I want to get to the point to where that I am a blessing to the house of God. I am a blessing to my family. I'm a blessing to my friends. I don't need, uh, need to have, uh, I have no lack. I have no lack. I have I'm able to give and able to give cheerfully and able to see the kingdom of God grow. See, most of us, we don't give a, a, a God a chance to prove himself in our lives. We don't give him the opportunity to prove himself. But I have, I have learned that principle that, okay, God, test me. Test me. Bring the whole tithe. Bring it all to me. And as I have learned, and the older I get, the more my tithe increases because I see how God has blessed me, how God stays true to his word. See, we have a habit of, of making decisions based on calculations. We will look at our paycheck, and we will look at our finances and see what needs to be paid, and we will make sure that everything we need to get paid, let me pay my cable, let me put gas in my car, and all of those things are important. 
my goodness, you got to put gas in the car. you got to pay your electric bill. All of those things are sustaining to God. But God says, put me first and give me the whole. Test me and watch what I will do for you. So I'm, a, I'm going to challenge us uh, as a ministry to be, bring the whole tithe. Amen? We are going to pick out a Sunday, and we are going to dedicate our whole tithe to God. Amen? Just say, God, we trust you. We have faith in you, God. I am going to bring the whole tithe to the house of God. And I'm going to be consistent in it, Lord, because not because I want to get, but because I want to be in obedience to you. I want you to pour out your favor. I want you to see that I love you and that I put you first. See, if we can get, get us as a whole, <laughs> amen, to bring the whole time to God. Do you know how, I mean, I could just see the smile on God's face like RCF is walking in obedience. RCF is doing what I've called them to do, not only outside the house, but inside. And now I can bless them. Now I can, can, pour open, I can open up the windows and just let the blessings of God flow in this house. And that's what we want to see. We want, we want to see the blessings, amen? Each and every one of us want to experience the blessings. So what God was asking um, the Israelites um, in Malachi 3 is just the basic principle of Whenever the tithe is brought to the storehouse, provision is guaranteed and blessings are pronounced on the ones bringing the provision to the storehouse. And this enables them to bring more provision to the storehouse so that when people come in need that we have what we need. So test in this context does not mean that we question the ability of God. But God gives him, God, we give God the opportunity to prove to us that he is a covenant-keeping God, that he will, he will bless us when we get under the obedience, blessing, relationship. So God is saying, return to me and watch what I will do for you. Simply watch what I do for you. See, the test of God, the testing God, it, 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 uh, pro it proves that God is who he says he is. It proves that God loves us. It proves that the house of God is his place of abode. It proves to us that God is going to do what he's going to do. In verse 10 it says, this, uh, in verse 10, this, this, it says, whatever God's needs for are in the house for the purpose of ministry, the resources will be there. When God begins something, I think it was Miles, it's Miles Monroe's statement, when God, uh, when provision begins, when purpose begins, provision is provided. Everything will be provided for. The ministries that we want to restart, amen? The resources that we need, a child, our children's ministry fully stocked, fully furnished, everything that we need, our, our greeters ministry, ushers ministry, our, our musical department, our, our worship and arts department has everything it needs, amen? We're able to do what God has called us to do. We're able to minister outside of the walls. We're able to keep our online ministry going because we have brought our provisions into the house of God. Our staff is taken care of. Our staff is able to, to do what they need to do, amen, with a joy and a smile 
smile on their face because the resources are coming in and they are able to be paid, amen, and do, the, do all that God has called them to do. God is asking us to get our house in order, to get restoration back in order so that he can build upon it. He is already building upon it. But when we come together, our building process, it will be even more ex expedited as we all come and we give of our tithes and offering. God is saying that, you know, it's not about personal prosperity. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and all who dwell in it. We are already prosperous because we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords living in our hearts that we are prosperous because we serve the risen Savior. We are prosperous because God loves us. And when we are obedient to what God has called us to do, to be and become, we will see the multiplication of all God has for us. Don't you want to see multiplication in your life? Amen. Just not for financial purposes, but just the peace and the protection of God over our lives, over our families' lives. It says at the end of, in verse 12, it says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. God is saying to us and he is saying to his church, prepare for my return. Prepare for my return. I don't want to come back. I can't use a house that is not in obedience. I cannot use people that are not in obedience to me. God is saying, align yourselves because I'm about to release a blessing on each and every one of you. But I cannot release a blessing on a disobedient heart. I cannot release the blessing on a half in, half out believer. You need to be fully invested in what God is doing because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it in the supernatural. I'm seeing it every time I dream, every time I think I'm seeing God begin to shift and move and make way for his presence to return. And his presence returns through us, through the people of God, through his vessel, through his, his brothers and sisters, through his called ones. We are the ones that will carry this message forth but we have to be living in an obedient lifestyle so that we don't squander God's stuff, so that we don't dig holes for God's stuff, but that God can come and say, that blessing, that gift, I need to use you in, in such and such a place. I need you to go down to wherever it may be and minister to someone. And we're not panicking and worried about, oh, Lord Jesus, I ain't studied my Bible. I ain't studied my word. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? But that it will just flow right through us, that our, his blessings and his words will flow through us. So this morning, let us live a life pleasing to God by returning to him our tithes and our offerings testing him and watching to see what he is about to do we've already tested him and he's already proven himself let's continue to test God it doesn't say test once it says test me now continue to test him amen continue to put him to the challenge and see what he does for us God wants to bless us and the key is that we live in a covenant obedient relationship with him amen amen praise God let's just thank the Lord for his word this morning amen 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, amen. As we prepare to uh, open up our service this morning, uh, if you need prayer this morning, amen, we want to open up this altar. If you need prayer this morning, if you need to, uh, you want to know this wonderful Savior, amen, if you want to test him this morning, Whatever you need this morning, we're inviting you to just come to this altar as our, our ministers and elders come this morning. Hallelujah. We are ready to just receive all that God has for us this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 If you would just stand in the presence of God this morning for those watching online. Hallelujah. Let's put God to the test. Let's put God to the test. Amen. Begin to align our hearts to all that he's called us to do. If it's getting uh, re-engaged in ministry, I've been hurt, Lord. Put him to the test. Don't think about what happened yesterday, but put him to the test and see how he's going to, to heal that space in your heart. Let's put him to the test this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we come to you this morning. Oh God, how we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, that your love surpasses our understanding. Father God, that your love is what's keeping us. And in these tumultuous times that we are living in, God, we can trust you. We thank you, Father God, that you invite us to the table, Father. Because you say, I trust you. Katani, I trust you. Will you do this for me? I want to open up the windows to you. Do you trust me? I say, yes, God, I trust you. Because I've seen it over and over again, God. So God, allow us, Father God, and forgive us for not always turning to you. Forgive us, Father God, for worrying about ourselves, worrying about what we're going to do, the places that we're at in life. And help us to understand if we simply trust and obey you, God, simply trust and obey you, that you've got our backs. You challenge us in this passage to test you, Lord. May we go home and ponder on this word and begin to test you. Test you, Father God, in all things, whether it be in our finances, our marriages, broken relationships, God, debt, whatever we find ourselves in. If we will test you in our tithes and offerings and give to you first, how you will bless us, God. How you will open up the windows of heaven, God. There will be raises, Father God. There will be promotions, God. There will be supernatural blessings coming our way because you said, I will prove to you that I am the Lord of hosts. I will prove my love for you as you stay obedient to me. So we thank you now for this word, God. We bless your holy name. And Father God, we vow to take you to the test, Lord, to begin to bring RCF back to where you would have it to be, Lord. 
walking in full ministry, Father God, doing all that you have called us to do, to be and become, that all of our ministries are back strong and vibrant, God, because the people in the house test you, give of their tithes and offerings, and make room for you to do what you've called us to do, and that is to be a light in this city. In Jesus' precious name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen.